Welcome to the Studio 77 podcast with me, Ruby Lee. I'll be sharing all of my website design secrets as well as giving you some tips for your brand and your business. This podcast is sponsored by Squarebase your one-stop shop for industry-specific Squarespace template kits designed to get your business online quickly. With templates starting at just £200, head over to squarebase.co to find the website template perfect for you. Hi guys, and welcome to the first episode of the Studio 77 Snippets. Today, I'm going to be talking about what you should have on your website. This is a common question that people ask me, so I thought I would put together my thoughts in this little mini microcast to help you guys figure out what to have on your website. So your website should be a one-stop shop for everything that you are. So your users should be able to hop onto your site and understand your brand personality and exactly what you do within half a minute. Yep, that's less than 30 seconds between potentially gaining and losing a customer. Now, that can be quite a scary thought. Reducing your business into a few succinct pages whilst getting across your brand spirit, as well as what you're selling, not to mention your blog, your bio, your shop, is actually quite overwhelming, to say the least. So I'm going to take you through uh, some tips to help you with your website planning and how to approach it. uh, So hopefully I can subside some of your your initial website panic. The first thing I'm going to talk about is website personas and why they are important. So before we build a website, we should start with what we call personas. Now, these are fictitious characters which help you discover who your target customers are. And it helps you to kind of humanize them, allowing you to imagine who your website is going to be communicating with and how we can tailor it to them. Now, understanding your personas will help you shape the design, the content and the navigation to suit that particular target person that you are marketing to. It will help you create a place uh, that they want to be online. And knowing your brand personas can also save you time later on by getting your website strategy right at the get-go. So once you've had a look at your personas, there is a link to a persona worksheet on our website at wearestudio77.com. So go on there and download a couple of those. Once you've got those done, we're going to talk about mapping out our website. So a lot of people kind of go straight into website design, they open up Squarespace, WordPress, whatever platform that they're going to be building their website on, and they're met with some templates to choose from and they haven't put too much thought into how we're going to map it out. So I'm going to take you through a really basic exercise on how you can map out kind of your website structure, which will save you confusion when you're designing it and all that kind of stuff. So what we need to do is create a site map. This is what we call them in the web design world. Sitemaps are frameworks which help visually outline the structure of your website. So they illustrate how website navigation should flow, how content will exist within the site itself. They are the foundations of website building, the bricks and the mortar of the house, if you will, and the layout of the rooms. They provide peace of mind throughout the design stage so you can focus purely on designing something rather than where the content will sit and all that kind of stuff. So what you need to do is just write down all the pages that you're going to have on your website, and then write down the sections that are going to be within each of those pages. And if you do this on pen and paper, you then have a plan for when you go and actually design your website. 
But you can also do this online. You can do it using some kind of like mood boarding software. Or if you're a designer, you can use Sketch or Illustrator, Figma, whatever it is that you use, your design weapon of choice. But we should be doing this first before we begin kind of thinking about the aesthetics of the website. So now we've kind of thought about our personas and we've thought about the sitemap and the architectural design of the website. We can now flesh out the content for each of the pages. Now, the most important page on our website is our homepage. Every website has a homepage. It's the first page that you go to when you land on that website. And this should clearly display what you do or sell. So visitors who come to your site, they're there for a reason. They want to learn more about what you do. We need to make sure that it is really clear what it is that you do as soon as they land on the site. You know, we should have a combination of images, text, maybe some other things in there as well that can really speedily summarize what it is that you do succinctly and make it really easy for users to find the information they're looking for with a clear navigation at the top. If they don't know what you do, they won't know where you want them to go in terms of on the site. And your visitors will bounce off the site. So they'll arrive and they'll dip off. And I know this sounds quite extreme, but we do need to make the website journey as simple and as easy as possible for our potential users. In terms of what we can actually have on our homepage, testimonials are a fantastic addition onto your homepage and your website in general. These position you as a trustworthy expert in your field. And for online customers, you know, honest words from other previous customers or other people that have used your services will give tangibility to your products or services. When we're adding on testimonials, there's a few tips I'd like to give you with this. You can actually ask your clients to give you a testimonial and ask them to include certain things. So let's say, for example, for us, we're a website design studio. We ask people to leave us feedback based on how we were with sticking with timelines, how we were with being creative with the solutions that we offer. How happy are you with the website itself? Is it performing good? We ask these questions to kind of invoke a response around those things because we know those are things that we're really good at. So don't be afraid to position the testimonial question there and then give them some tips on how to write a testimonial as well. And where possible, if you can add in images, of the people that you're getting testimonials from. Again, it's just going to build more trust with your customers, which is so important when we are building our websites. So once your homepage has whet your users' appetites, there should be a clear route to other areas of your website, whether this is in the navigation bar at the top or with links to other pages in your homepage content as well. We just need to make sure there are options to navigate through and around the site for users to explore and to get to know you. Having too many options on your website can be overwhelming for users and increase the amount of time it takes for them to make a decision. So keep your homepage simple. Keep only the core content that you need to have on your homepage. Otherwise, users might drop off. So in conclusion, (laughs) our homepages are a crucial foot in the door of our website. So just be careful when you are constructing those. Next, we're going to be talking about the about page. Now, every website should have an about page. This is where customers can get to know you. So people buy from people. We need to make sure that we are introducing ourselves, introducing your team and converse about what drives you forward, how you got here, illustrate where you started, where are you going, what are your long-term plans, any trophies to display. Podcast 101, make sure that you switch off (laughs) all of your notifications. 
Anyway, as I was saying, your about pages should be uniquely you and they should show your differentiators, your USPs. You should celebrate those on your about page because that's what's going to set you apart from your competitors and from your competition. As well as our homepage and our about page, we need to have, in most cases, portfolio or case studies on our website as well. Again, this really helps build trust. And it's really important to have these pages on your website to display your past work and your achievements. Visitors will only witness a digital clone of your product or service than actually being able to experience it. So examples of your work gives customers a flavor of your style and your approach, which is a really great way to just showcase the kind of way that you work, the way that you do things and how you can help potential customers. And another thing we can do as well here is pepper in quotes and testimonials. Again, these build trust. There's a theme here going about building trust, guys. We can build trust with otherwise sceptical users by offering kind of an affirmative outside of voice saying, yes, we use these people and they were amazing. We love them. We love their product. We love their service, whatever it is that you do. And again, like I said previously, we can ask people to comment on particular things that they enjoyed so we can really get across our USPs. On these portfolio and case study pages, it's also really important to have high quality relevant imagery on these pages. I don't mean having kind of huge images because you do want to keep the file sizes down for website loading times, but just make sure the images that you're uploading are not pixelated. Make sure they're relevant. The worst thing is when you go onto somebody's website and you just see pixelated images, I instantly feel a disconnect from that business. I don't trust them if they can't source imagery that looks good. And there's loads of free kind of image libraries online now. You've got unsplash.com, pexels.com. You can also go on Shutterstock as well if you fancy and you can pay, I think it's £29 a month and you can get 10 or 5 stock images for that price, which I think is quite reasonably priced if you're you know serious about your business. So please don't use uh, really bad pixelated stock photos on your website. It gives out an awful impression to potential clients. So let's assume that with all of these tips that I've been giving you, people now want to contact you. So we need to have a contact page. You know, without your contact page, your visitors might struggle to find you, figuring out how do they get in contact? How do they email? And the truth is not every online user has the patience to dig around looking for contact information so we need to make it really easily accessible for them. We recommend putting a call to action in the top right hand corner of your website in that navigation bar. Everyone's eye kind of typically goes there if you can make it into a button or make it kind of the main call to action of that navigation bar then that's really great. It's also good practice to include kind of your contact information in the footer as well. Typically people will expect to see details about your company uh, your regist- company registration number, your email, your phone number, your address in your footer as well. So I think following that is a fantastic idea. And also make sure your website includes different ways for your customers to contact you. Some customers will pick up the phone and just call you directly. Others prefer to email. I don't think anyone would send you a letter, but it's good to have your address on there anyway. You never know. But we're also seeing things now like live chats appearing on a lot of websites as well. So if you can put a live chat on your website, I think that's an excellent idea as it just makes it even easier for customers to reach you and and ask you questions. Now, if you're not a service-based business, then perhaps you are an e-commerce-based business. So this means you have an online shop. So online shopping has become such a key income stream for so many businesses in the past decade. Online shopping has become a huge thing. I think, if I remember correctly, 
77% of the UK population now shop online. And this figure is expected to rise to, I think, 93% in the next two years. But also with coronavirus, obviously, that's changed slightly. Everyone's using online shops now. If you don't have an online shop for your products, then you are going to fall behind. So if you are listening to this and you have a business and you're selling things markets, you're selling things in shops, if you don't have an online website, you are going to miss out. So please, please get get your products online now. So within the shop pages themselves, there's kind of a lot of different layers to having e-commerce functionality on your website. Obviously, we need to have the shop page and the product pages as well to give the information and to allow people to add that to their basket. We also sometimes have categories and filters if you've got lots of products just to make it easy for your customers to kind of scroll through and and have a browse, see what you offer. Also, we need to have a checkout page, which is typically built into most platforms now. So that's, that's fantastic. And also an account area as well where customers can log in, manage their details, track their orders and all that kind of stuff. Some things as well that often get forgotten with online shops is setting up your confirmation emails and shipping emails as well. Make sure you've got your shipping policy and your returns policy on your website as well. Uh, We need to have these legally on websites that sell things, especially if you're integrating with things like Stripe. They need to have kind of their own separate page to link to uh, just to keep it keep it safe. Now, the last page that we're going to talk about today is your blog. And although blogs aren't necessary, they are a great addition to your website. It's a place to showcase your expertise, speak to your audience a little bit more informally, and with longer form content, such as, you know, 1500 words, you can let your personality loose on your website, on your blog, and showcase what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe you want to give some tips to to users, to customers. You know, blogs are a fantastic place to generate brand loyalty and user engagement, you know, and to top it off as if you're not convinced already, fresh content keeps Google happy. So a regular blog post, maybe every two weeks, will help keep your SEO rank healthy. Now, what we do at Studio 77 is we create blogs and then we use that for inspiration for our social media posts. So out of one long blog, we can probably get 10 maybe social media posts out of that. Uh, So it's a great way to repurpose your content and to drive people to your website as well. So having a blog, I think, is not necessary, but it kind of is if you want to you know, rank on SEO and all that kind of stuff, which I'm assuming everybody does. <laughs> I don't know why I'd have a website and not want it to be ranking. But yeah, that's that's it. There you have it. So we've gone through the homepage, the about page, case study or portfolio pages, a shop if it's relevant, and our blog as well. So, and of course the contact page, don't forget about the contact page. That's all of the ingredients you need to cook up a fantastic website. If you have any questions about anything that I've spoken about, please follow us on Instagram, either at wearestudio77 or at rubythedesignergal. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. I often go live on Instagram to answer any questions that you might have. So yeah, thank you very much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.